It's David in the storm corner, getting blown around by a tornado on Long Island, yeah. <laughs> He's in a bathroom taking a dumper while he gets his house crushed uh, right around him. Ooh, Storm David, yes, we storm. This is, this is the morning storm yeah. because David was in a tornado yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this is the morning <laughs> storm. I'm I'm David Bradley Eisenberg. Yeah, Storm David in his he's riding a um, rocking chair like a goofy witch. Ooh, it's David <laughs> in a tornado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. I like the center. I like the energy. It's uh, it's bright. It's morning. <laughs> Gabe, how you, see this? Gabe, how you feeling? I uh I feel great, you know. Uh just it feels like I'm waking up and going to work again. Mm-hmm. This is the yeah. earliest I've had to wake up in uh in a week. Yeah, cuz usually so, when you do a podcast, it doesn't feel like work. No. We're, we're family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's heavy it's heavy uh heavy um that one restaurant where you when you're here your family, Olive Garden. It's heavy Arden, Olive Garden vibes. Uh, oh yeah, baby. Uh, well, the best well, time to go to Olive Garden is for their breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, what is Olive like? Uh, who doesn't uh, want a steaming plate of slippery noodles first thing uh, in the morning? God, uh, just like I'd like, I'd like uh, <laughs> unlimited salad and breadsticks. S- uh, with, uh. Uh, but just can you put some whole milk in there? Just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Really? Uh, did you ever? Did you? Did you ever? Um, try to pull. I mean, look, this is well trodden territory. But did you ever try to get unlimited salad and breadsticks? Because like they, I mean, yeah, they did. I I tried hanging out there for an hour once with my friend Carrie, and they would come by once every fifteen minutes and deposit a single breadstick. <laughs> and I was like, this is not part of the deal. This is it's not. Like, this is not. <laughs> it's technically unlimited, but you have to have an unlimited amount of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have it to goes be there down. forever. This is talk about talk about a fucking scam or a grift. It like exponentially goes down mm-hmm. as you're there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I want I want you to I want to shovel these little buttery carbs in in my mouth. Like this is this is the only reason we came here. In the sense that like an asymptotal line technically goes on forever, so do the breadsticks technically go on forever. Like every time it's just like a half of a breadstick and then a quarter of a breadstick and then an eighth of a breadstick and then a sixteenth of a breadstick and then the thirty second of a breadstick. And you're always getting you're always getting a breadstick every time, technically, but it just gets mm-hmm. us it halves in size every single time. It's a Zeno's paradox of breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. Or like that Simpsons episode where he has to eat donuts forever, but then he just does. Like he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he just does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, welcome to Olive Garden. Uh, I'm your host. Uh, we're talking about um, some cool, fun shit first, um, because who doesn't like cool, fun shit? Mostly private jets, baby. Uh, Look, it's yeah. it's summertime. It's summertime, David. This is the time of year where you just want to go on a on a trip with your family. 
Mm-hmm. You know, today's episode is going to be all about families and fun family vacations. And sometimes a family needs to take a trip to Aruba or Barbados, or maybe Ooh. they just need to take a trip this afternoon to Vegas from L.A. to check out. Uh, That's right. You know, they got it. You got to check out a magic show run by some zany libertarians. Yeah. You need to see Penn and Teller. <laughs> oh, my tonight. God. And then oh my God. after that, go to the all-you-can-eat buffet and get the prime rib from underneath the heating tent, mm-hmm. and that that light that grays the meat. You need yeah, you, you need, need that. that. You need that. So, uh, and how do you do that? If you're a normal human, you're you're gonna have to take a you know a, a Allegiant Airlines for seventy five dollars and sit <laughs> in a crowded cattle car with a bunch of other people coughing Corona right at you because. You know, masks are voluntary. Or you could get on what I read about today, which are uh, jet private jets. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you can buy a private jet. But what's even cooler than buying a private jet is getting into, like, an Uber pool uh, jet sharing scheme, like the Dallas-based Jet Suite. And uh, there was this article that uh, we, we read today, which was eight shocking secrets I learned while... Working on private jets, uh, and this was in Bloomberg. Oh yeah, but uh, fascinating. This world of of the uh, extremely affluent who are um, in in the skies terrorizing the pilots and and crew of these jets. <laughs> um, it's it's amazing what money can do for you, right? Like because when you have money. You don't need any manners or politeness. Uh, one of my favorite was the the kids, the the children of the wealthy. They uh, here. This is from the article. It says pet accidents require planes to be shut down upon landing for deep cleaning. Oh, I didn't even bring up the pets, but the the oh, number. Oh yeah, one, yeah. No, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the number one reason that people fly in these private jets is their pets. Oh. Yep. So, I and as someone who's allergic to animals, I feel com- I feel like I'm colorblind in this entire world of caring about animals mm-hmm. because I don't yeah. I I don't even think about it. But so many people can't travel without their animals, and then so many wealthy people have exotic animals. You can't bring an ibex, a little baby ibex, <laughs> uh, in a you can't you can't bring that in coach. I can't fly without. Uh, ninety to one hundred and twenty complete strangers, uh, sitting right next to me in coach. But that's just uh, <laughs> that's the, the only the, uh, I can only fly that way. So uh, I think private jets might be off for me. No, no, no. The 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 court the, the the CEO of the CEO of NBC is literally he's like, no, I I by law I have to travel with a full grown peacock at all times. <laughs> It'd be funny if yeah. they have to go with their mascots like all the different yeah. people did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fox is a fox is a fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon, he just like has to have like an acre of the rainforest with him at all times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my emotional support acre of the rainforest, guys. And, t- and Tim Cook, modest guy, just needs an apple. That's that's it. <laughs> just one like little this. one little apple. Uh, yeah <laughs> they got to bring their pets and some of these pets have better uh health insurance and health care than any of us will ever have 
there was uh, one anecdote of a uh, pet on here who, um, among the frequently flying canines I've booked uh, with Jet Suite, was Muffin, a 200 pound. All right, that's more than I weigh. A 200-pound codependent golden doodle who must at all times have one paw on her owner. No. Uh, And Mr. Wigglesworth, a golden retriever whose regular cross-country flights uh, to a specialty oncologist have ensured uh, (laughs) that he'll outlive all of us. At 112, that's in dog years, of course. He's still kicking. He He has to go to specialist oncologist? Oh, think about the carbon footprint. How many, uh, how many animals, how many, uh, how many homes by the beach, uh, how, how many ecosystems have been devastated by the extraction of oil just to get this dog flying in the air to go back and forth to its cancer doctor. See, I'll, I'll clap, I'll clap back on this though. And I think that really the real problem is political correctness expressing itself in the form of Gabe's allergies. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How old is this dog? You said it was 112 in dog years. So what? It's like, it's like 15, 16, something like that? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. These fuckers, they have to get these ridiculous breeds. I, I, I'm telling you, I like the cat that I got in 2000, Snowy, he's going to turn 20 in wow. Octo- in October. And it's just because he's a fucking cat. We don't know what breed he is. We don't know where he. We we ju- we just got him in the year two thousand. What I'd like to see is like an a dog breed that is so inbred it actually has superpowers. <laughs> like they don't ever. <laughs> yeah. talk, they always talk about how oh this dog is so inbred it's gonna die at age seven or like this dog is so inbred it gets like cancer under its skin, you know, like under under its little skin flaps on its face or like. This dog's like hips actually don't work, and they are there's actually four of them, and none of them talk to each other. But like, I want one that's really just it. Like, no, that this dog is so inbred, it it will never it, it will cure people's cancer for you, and it will live to be 120 in human years, and it can. It's fly a cancer sponge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. If you rub this dog on your body. Mm-hmm. Like some indigenous peoples will rub uh, drunk guinea pigs on their body to suck out bad energy. Right. You, sure. Sure. You mm-hmm. can you can rub one of these uh, <laughs> gold like these uh, inbred golden retrievers on your body. Those and suck out the tumors. Just gotta get yeah. it drunk. Just gotta get it drunk first, I guess. Sure, and then you release it into the wild, right? Because you don't want that bad energy around you anymore. Been there. You tie and you tie a little ribbon around the golden retriever, just let so it. that everyone who sees it knows that that's one that's been cursed with the cancers. Yeah, yeah. That one's been, that one sucked. That one sucked up all the all. It's green mild. Don't pet the, that uh, one if you see it. <laughs> yeah. If you're on a beach, you know, if you're on Venice Beach and you're and you're skate and you're rollerblading and you see this golden retriever with the ribbon on. You don't stop rollerblading, and you don't uh, like kiss it on the mouth. Does Does this sound like to you guys like a Rafi's fable or something to you? Like, is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're gonna let it go, it may as well let it go at JFK, um, because at least then it'll uh, have some some utility. In, in uh, pets are not the only terrorists, David. We've okay. also got the kids on the plane. So these rich people bring their kids on the planes. 
And on one occasion, it says here they 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 went full Picasso drawing with markers on on all the seats and walls. Nice. And the cost of replacing the leather paneling was easily twenty five thousand oh, dollars. God. And the kids and that and the and that went out. That and the kids were sold into indentured servitude to pay for it. it oh, that would be justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No these these children went on to continue suffering from from uh, affluenza. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably when they turned sixteen, got into some Tahoes or Hummers, and uh, just plowed through a promenade full of people. What I'd be curious is like, do you have to put down like a a child, like a security deposit when you like enter into these sorts of arrangements? Like right now, I'm negotiating with my landlord about some sort of like what to do with these pets, um, and it's like we're just gonna have a pet, like a cat and a dog, and the cat and the dog aren't they're not gonna like be flying every week to their oncologist they're just going to be like living in the apartment and we're going to have to put down some sort of maybe might have to put down some extra money for it so it's like do these children who are wrecking put like put denting twenty five thousand dollars into these leather seats have to have any sort of is there anything like that liability insurance i think well uh they said that the membership for jet suite uh was around a million dollars so you you have to pay. I mean, the people can pay for all of this, but it's that the uh, having money is a license to do anything. Because once they have the money, like there's another the, this example of these uh, tech bros who just took uh, a, took a dumps on the inside of the plane and just smeared smeared themselves all over the the plane. That's so right. yeah. I'm sure they had That's to pay right. yeah. like to clean that, but. Uh, would you ever imagine getting on a, your your Delta flight and drop dropping a deuce in the middle seat? That's right. Yeah, you got you got to show that I mean, plane. You got to show that plane who's dominant. You got to shit on that <laughs> plane. <laughs> you got to shit on that plane. <laughs> I mean, they have those. They have those bags that are in in your pouch that are meant for pooping. Right? Those aren't called poop bags. Is that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Because I always no, David. You no, David. You've been doing it wrong. No, Ah. David. No. (laughs) Uh, And then you you press the uh, the uh, the flight attendant attendant button, and you're like, you you hold up the bag, and you're like, I'm I made a mess. Could you do? (laughs) (laughs) Could somebody handle this for me? Thank you. It's uh, quite yes. heavy. I did a good job. I'm a productive boy. (laughs) I made goo. I made Google. Yeah. <laughs> like, Can I have another Stroop waffle, please? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm all empty. Can Can you fill up my mouth hole again? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is okay. This so is getting it. <laughs> what's the yeah. la- What's the last thing that the or what 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 what's some other shen- shenanigans? What they, I mean, what what so. Just looking at the in- intense amount of waste that goes into this c- this conspicuous consumption, we're seeing here that uh, food, uh, they said food is actually the biggest uh, wasteful aspect of private flying. That's, so a fuel uh, that, consumption. Yeah, it says it says a fuel consumption for private aviation's uh, an egregious offense. Food waste is its most surreptitious one, as companies strive to accommodate every dietary whim. International safety rules expressly forbid the arrival of most food items upon landing in the U.S., which means that all the provisions stocked oh. to anticipate picky clients 
sudden desires end up incinerated. So like, you know, whatever food that they can't use or don't use just gets burned up. What about the the most carnal craving of all, the flesh of of the human? I mean, yeah, we tweak <laughs> those those get incinerated too, baby. <laughs> yeah. An an urn of ashes on the return flight back to home base. Uh, oh. Most, uh, oh. but most of the meals come catered from Air Culinary worldwide, and uh, they have they've got a monopoly on uh, in-flight dining, which allows them to charge eighteen dollars for a single lemon. I'll tell you what's not going in that incinerator is my wife's v- vagina up top. <laughs> up top. <laughs> uh, oh, Dale, he's gone. David's gone. <laughs> <laughs> He was so offended he had to leave. <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Danny, um, Danny, Danny that, that joke broke the Zoom. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, I was told that's a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, my God. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, boys, that's all I've got on that. Uh, as, yeah, uh, that, that was a fun little treat, though. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a peek behind the curtain into the lives of the extremely jet set. But okay, so, uh, well, okay, so and all of this is legal. Any crime that you commit in the air is legal, because except for under the eyes of God, because it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's extraterritorial, right? If you're flying in an airplane above the Pacific Ocean, you could in theory, fly beyond the scope of the law, which means that you are not committing any crimes at all in your sins. But everyone, but God knows what you're doing because you're closer to God because you're in the air and you're closer to the sky. Uh-huh. I think you've really got something going going, so, going on here. So, <laughs> so um... Also on Bloomberg, uh, recently, uh, there's this quick little story. Coin shortages are causing a liquidity crisis at laundromats. Basically, no one, because of the coronavirus pandemic, no one is spending cash, right? You do, you aren't, no one is using coins in a regular way because no one's going anywhere. I'm All not going your, to the arcade anymore. No more arcade. No. Mm-mm. And so you're just, you're not buying, uh, you know, any sort of like gum from the little guy at the grocery store. No one wants to use cash because it has, it's a disease vector on it. So because of that, at the very lowest rung of things, you know, a a laundromat and the use of change, just coinage, is Mm -hmm. suffering. Like there's just, it's really hard for laundromats to get quarters to fill their laundry machines to get to get people change or what what have you because no one's using quarters anymore and the US government doesn't want to print more quarters because there's a lot of quarters in circulation but they're all just sitting in people's going about pockets you know they're all just in your <laughs> they're all just in your like party pants that you use only when you're not social distancing. I have a room in my apartment 
mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my 1.5 bedroom apartment. Oh yeah, that is, it's just a pile of quarters. Mm-hmm. I've got a, yeah. a Scrooge McDuck laundry mat <laughs> fortune <laughs> that I swim in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a small kiddie pool. Uh, yeah. Also, meanwhile, like all the dime people are just sort of like, well, 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 <laughs> look who's come crawling back to the dimes. Uh, yeah, the dime people are really, really raking in. They're, 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 the, they're, they're the real profiteers of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, I w- yeah. No, it's a. Uh, it's yeah. It's just so strange and 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 bizarre that. You know, like on one hand, you do have these these people who are you know literally spending mil- millions and millions and millions of dollars, um, so they could um, play it in an, an exclusive um, for dog Vegas. oncology and yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could they could take their dog to the University of Washington's oncology center. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and and so they can study a new rare type of cancer that only occurs in this the only the most cursed of dog breeds Mm -hmm. but like you know and then meanwhile it's like yeah man um there's not enough shrapnel for the rest of us there's no coinage uh no no shiny stuff going around uh Uh, yeah real cool economy that you built for us guys uh i don't know that's i mean there's nothing really it's just it's just very strange and uh Looking at other stuff, uh, Gabe found us this excellent article from The Intercept that came out all about the hot up-and-coming Netflix directors. I'm not talking about the Duffer Brothers. I'm not talking about the Coen Brothers. I'm not talking about the Wachowski siblings. I'm talking about the... Experience. Experience. I'm talking about the Door Brothers. (laughs) The Door Brothers... Who are yeah, yeah. the the right wing grifters who are such grifters that even the rest of the right wing grifters have to kick them out. So the Door Brothers are uh in, in like they are these Tea Party activists who have been very very active in creating Facebook groups and launching nonprofits and for profit corporations, all about uh imposing, you know, you know defending right-wing values you know so their big things are gun rights and abortion and but they've um but they're also uh you know fighting things like climate change and you know all just the stuff that all of us agree with and like and we all really have fun with and they are but the people who also run these sorts of nonprofits really don't like them they're from that one specific part of Oahu, Iowa mm-hmm. that was speci- that was specifically the part that Steve King, the like guy who was so racist that even uh, you, the United States Congress was just like, "Come on, dude!" Too, like, <laughs> yeah, too racist for you know? Mitch McConnell. Yeah, too racist for Mitch McConnell. Too scammy for the NRA. Which is really just the it's some really next level grift, and that's why we wanted to talk about them today. They were homeschooled along with the rest of their, I believe, 11 siblings. And they've been doing this as a family business for a very long time. And they were part of the original kind of Tea Party folks. And it's really just kind of amazing when they are doing all this work for anti-abortion stuff. But then someone like the Minnesota Right to Life 
sends out a letter to conservatives warning them about the Door Brothers. Minnesota Citizens Concerned for Life <laughs> said that the group posted a page warnings don't sent a page warning donors of the doors, calling them well-known scammers. The concern is that this is not a legitimate group, said Paul Stark, communications director for Minnesota Citizens Concerned for Life, which in and of itself sounds like a Ponzi scheme. They're misleading people and taking <laughs> their money and not doing anything. How much money are we talking? Yeah. How much money are we talking right now? You know, some of the some of the numbers that were being thrown around is is like it's not even like a huge, huge amount. Like we're talking of like around like the five hundred thousands to maybe a couple millions potentially. Like it, it seems like they have these the a large amount of um not LLCs, three uh uh five oh one three Cs or uh nonprofits. And they all sort of they all sort of take in, you know, about a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Right. But they have twenty right. of, they have like twenty of them. That's right. That's right. So they so yeah. And they they have a yeah. Facebook group that has two point seven million members in it. Uh yes. And at least three hundred and twenty five thousand of those users belong to door affiliated groups. And I mean just it, it's what's kind of amazing is that there's always allegations of what's called astroturfing. Astroturfing mm-hmm. is when you have uh, a false grassroots movement that is really just the appearance of grassroots energy that is being funded by uh, larger moneyed forces. You know, any 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 time that someone says that Antifa is being funded by George Soros, um, that they are essentially accusing Antifa of being astroturfed, right? Yes. Which again, I would love that. That'd be really great. I could use some money. But like <laughs> they are um they really are doing that. I mean that, that that's kind of what's amazing about it. And the Interceptor article talks about how while these people are really creating, you know, two dozen nonprofits and a, and Facebook groups across 11 states, uh they are still they still get a little bit of the zeitgeist. Right, like yeah, they're kind yeah, yeah. They're they're really on top of it. That's kind of the scary part about it, you know. Um, they seem to have um fully and totally embraced um kind of the whole way culture has changed over the last four years, especially totally. you know, because you know the the Minnesota Right to Life people, you know, they're sending out their their they're sending out their dainty little like snowflake you know letter like these guys are these guys are they're scammers they're not good mm-hmm. no you gotta watch you gotta watch out for them watch out you know uh meanwhile these guys they fully latched on to what people want which is uh full-on uh midwestern facebook mom paranoia yeah like exactly me, me memes the good the good shit you know mm-hmm uh, the, this is from the story. Uh, they are, in short, the perfect people to stoke hate in a Trump presidency during a global pandemic. And in true Trumpian fashion, by paying themselves and promoting hate, they may end up spawning a movement. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's amazing. They're kind of, it is really nice that they're from Iowa and Steve King's district because they're actually, they're too far right for the rest of the right in a very Steve King fashion. And also they're literally trying to, uh, if they build it, they will come sort of mentality to astroturfing, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. I mean, 
and who doesn't like the idea of working with your family? This is just a really great story <laughs> about like a ultra right wing Jackson Five type situation. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a heartwarming tale. <laughs> Everyone's happy, no consequences. I really think this is a case study of the excellence that comes out of the homeschooling movement as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know these people. You um when when I was kind of first reading it uh, the 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 sort of vibe i got um i'm sure you guys did uh, you guys remember that uh 2000s documentary jesus camp right yep yeah classic Cla- classic in for my in hometown the, uh, maybe really at least some in missouri is like a suburb of kansas city oh wow okay interesting mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah this I these guys were just like this is the logical conclusion to that whole movement that started in the early 2000s cuz like those guys they're like you know the Jesus can't people they're fucking whiny they're all they're too busy fucking praising God and like just like crying and weeping openly at every single you know like um you know church services that they have like these people they're like yeah, 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 yeah. We have a biblical duty, and we are going to homeschool our children. But we're not gonna fucking like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna like, you know, lose sleep over it or just like, you know, oh, I'm so sad. You know, they're just gonna like, you know, they're just gonna straight up scam you and then move on to the next scam. <laughs> yeah, that's their whole. Thi- that's their whole thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. The I think one of the funnier the funnier parts of their their little scheme is like, uh, it's just. I really just think it's a matter of time before the IRS finds them. Like they, they, they're just operating in plain sight. Just, just doing like a, like lot of smoke. You can't lot. There's no gun, but like a lot of smoke essentially going on. Uh, especially because their, their whole operation is, um, uh, mailing, mailing stuff. Like that's, that's their business where they, they will spend money on like you know management fees uh quote unquote and that will go from like the direct mail expenses into like a a 501c4 which is a political um a a political like designation and uh, yeah the, the funny the funny uh quote in this article is just from like a cleveland uh campaign finance law attorney uh Scott Hubay, where they're like they set up their own business and their nonprofit funds go to that business, which just seems like a clear conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even it's not even hard to delineate. Right. Yeah. I wonder what like this is the thing, is we talk about often like what do grifters spend their money on? What do you guys think the Door brothers are gonna be spending their grift money on? I think they all have McMansions in a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, they live together in these McMansions. <laughs> Are you just describing righteous gemstones? Yeah. I yeah. 100% <laughs> see these dudes living uh, a less flamboyant righteous gemstones life. Yeah. Like, they love Mack Weldon clothing, and so they're, yes. they're, they're wearing a lot of that. Okay, um, okay. They, uh, it's not too flashy though. They've got nice stuff, 
but they're more of the Ferrari type of nice versus the Lambo type. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not to say that they'd even drive a Ferrari, but it's like muted colors. They're like, can we get that in beige? Yeah, the beige, the beige Ferrari. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Are there like generic and ugly colors for a Ferrari? Like, <laughs> only David, David, no, we've gone over this. They only have the most beautiful Italian colors. All right, yeah. the only red, only red, white, and green. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, okay, so Gabe, you think that they're actually very tasteful? I don't want to say together. tasteful, but I do think that they like to fly under the radar. And uh, okay. they they hide in plain sight. So okay. their affluence is, is, again, just the affluence of sort of, you know, like a, the local real estate mogul. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. What they're doing, what they're doing is very much, and it's, it's very much of the times. It's very much a sort of like um, a populist angle on like whatever kind of cause they're trying to promote you know because like you know like 10 15 years ago the whole the whole thing as, at least from conservatives was just sort of like yes we are these fuddy duddies who are asking for you know limited government spending but we do this from a a, a proud tradition a proud tradition of what whatever the fuck you know but these guys their whole thing is just Oh, um, we are going to make some absolutely hilarious lies about like culture war shit. And then mm-hmm. when anybody is being like, hey, are you lying? They're just going to be like, hey, you shut the fuck up and then just move on to the next thing. Like they just right. they're just they're just serious. They're just like, um, what's the word? Pathological. Yeah, they're just pathological liars when it comes to that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, they're like they're like Anton Shagor of lying. Yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, take the take the quarter. Put it in, put it out, <laughs> put it out of your deposit it in a bank. There's a coin sort shortage going on right now. <laughs> just be, uh, it just becomes another quarter. My 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 theory is that actually um, they're doing this in, for like very righteous reasons uh, because they're trying to feed their other nine siblings. <laughs> Their other nine siblings are just like incredibly destitute, and they're doing this. This is all like one of these, you know. This is actually just going to be the plot to one of those cool movies where like a guy has to do the the evil thing in order to save his family, right? Like it'll it'll probably star Harvey Keitel or something, <laughs> just like forced to make some like really tragic, you know, uh, moral moral concessions in order to keep his family afloat. And so actually, they live like. On the on the brink of poverty, and all of their all of their companies and nonprofits are like highly leveraged, and they basically are are just like running from one grift to the next, and using the the payments of one, uh, of one five hundred one c three to like fund the next one because they also maybe have like a bit of a gambling addiction. That that's my theory. <laughs> I I think that they I think that they actually don't spend any of their money. They only spend their money on the next thing. I, I honestly that. It's like we're joking, but it's it's not it doesn't feel that far from the truth. You know, like they're not they're not buying the boat per usual per usual right. like scammy thing. They're just sort of like now we're reinvesting in the future. We're we're <laughs> like that we're like that type of crazy. Uh yeah. and and like I said, it just sort of like blatant um 
uh, I won't say lies in this one specific case, but there's no transparency. Like the funniest shit where they're like in 2017 when Hurricane Harvey happened, they made a GoFundMe and they raised about $8,000 and just said every penny goes to directly to relief effort. And in, in an article, they're just like, the statement is impossible to check. <laughs> it's just like there's no way <laughs> you can't you can't check it. You can't look into what? it. You know, there's no yeah. public disclosure for it. So if you just make like, uh, you know, the most insane or not insane, but just sort of like, yeah, I'm just going to lie directly to your face. Like you'll, people but, just be like, oh, OK, whatever. Sure. But by, by relief effort, they mean like relieving their, their debts of their previous 501c3s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, there's yeah, there, there's no way to check any of these people. That's that's what's weird about like a political grift is that there's just um, there. It, it's not as clean and pure and fun and frothy as like a, a as like a straight financial grift like a straight financial grift you're just they're just they're just hucksters they're trying to take some money from someone as as quickly and as you know cleanly as possible and they're going to spend it on like things of pure joy such as stupid cars and champagne yeah and like a dumbass house and maybe some like plastic surgery or something like that but there's no or like you know or oncology for their 16 year old dog like there, there's no, there, there's no like we need to reinvest this into like a political operation to get Ron Paul elected. Like there's just no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a more, it's just joy. And you miss that with the Door Brothers. They don't seem very happy. Yeah. I mean, I I look at this as just almost systemic, and it's uh they are the products of. Uh, a, a, a singularly American um, perversion. One is that we've mm -hmm. got homeschooling in the first place and that you can create this sort of like clannish feedback loop of insanity mm -hmm. where you just have a bunch of siblings mm -hmm. all uh, like warping and twisting each other's minds. You know, there's no outside world that they're getting uh, like any sense of normal from, you know? And so they were brought up in this milieu that's entire like the Tea Party milieu, um, where they don't believe in climate change. They believe in guns. They're totally libertarian. And then the second strain of what's happening here is sort of like a, a four-hour work week um, mentality around business. They've created a business model that does not provide anything productive or good. They've just created a business model where they take um, mailing lists of uh, mm -hmm. vulnerable fringe people and they continue to sell these fringe people more delusions through their Facebook pages and through their campaigns for bullshit. Right. Yeah, so they're, they're just like, they're just above that constituency. Like they're, they're like, they're insane. They're yeah. But, and they've just figured out what the life hack is to siphon yeah. money off mm -hmm. of these other people. So like the idea that they would take, they talk about the uh, Barry Goldwater mailing list and how that mailing list became gold for other fringe candidates and other, um, because those people who were into Goldwater were already conspiratorial and already zealots. So if you could oh, yeah. hook into them, it's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Where they're like, uh, is that the movie where they're the, the leads? We need the leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah. Like 
like that's that 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 mailing list is the perfect leads to get more rubes. Yeah, they have they have super manic energy. Incredibly manic energy, not like the energy of Superman. Manic, yes, very yes, manic. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're all they're they're all manic pixie dream dudes. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. yeah, one of the one of the things that they were doing, which was incredibly suspect to me, was the buying of domains. And let me tell you, as a man who owns, I want to say seven domain names, I oh. understand. I, I I will tell you right now that uh, once you start buying domain names and go down that hole. Uh, it's a real, it's a big red flag for like manic energy, you know, because all my domain names are just fun, fun, goofy things. Like, uh, I own, uh, Michael J. Fox blood diamond.com. That's very fun. You know, that's, a, <laughs> that's right. That's, a, that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good time. You know, nobody, everybody wants to see that. But, but these guys, but these guys, uh, like the, you know, when, when, uh, when, uh, coronavirus hit like um they're mentioning in this article how they immediately one of them bought like free minnesota uh open.com open minnesota now.com it's time to open minnesota or minnesota you know just versions of that you know and it's like oh yeah 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 they're just right up onto the next thing yeah yeah reopen wisconsin reopen mn reopen texas now Uh, you know they're just there's Mm -hmm. They're sowing as many seeds as possible, you know, and seeing what seeing what sticks, you know. They're like Donald Glover. They like solve the algorithm. So, okay, what do we have next? Um, yeah, what it was the last thing we wanted to talk about, boys? We wanted to. We had a, a little bit. Uh, go ahead. What, what were you gonna say, Danny? I was speaking of uh, manic pixie dream men. Um, just the <laughs> effort, the effortlessly sexual. Mark Zuckerberg, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> with his Caesar haircut and his his and his completely dry but somewhat damp exterior. Uh, yeah, he's really like the he's really like the Parker Posey of tech billionaires. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what happened uh, at the end of July? There was a con- Congress had a. Uh, antitrust hearing uh, related to big tech. This was uh, in the House Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee that was uh, being mostly led by Chairman Dave Cicilline, uh, and from Rhode Island. And, but it was also some of the big people that were really stood out was uh, Pramila Jayapal. She really had some some big big jar uh, jabs that were going in there. But the people that spoke were Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, Apple CEO Tim Cook, and Google CEO Sundar Pichai. And they just wanted to, basically the whole thing was just to investigate ways that they might be breaking antitrust laws. And antitrust laws are related to unfair competition laws, to you know monopoly laws, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about monopoly before. It's something that... Uh, was passed in you know over a century ago, but it hasn't really been enforced since the seventies. And but there's still ways that it can be enforced. One of them is through the Department of Justice, and that's why the House was looking at it. Some of the things that they were looking at, especially with Facebook and Amazon, seem to just be about the fact that 
Facebook and Amazon were just openly copying the products of their competitors. Yes. Yes, that was a that's been a huge that's been a huge issue for um a decade now. Like especially especially with Amazon, you know, their whole um uh, I, I some sometime around like the early um 2010s you know amazon opened up their you know third-party sellers essentially you know like they've always had them on their website yeah but they were like oh you know uh well we'll we'll have a system where you know you can be part of prime and you can uh what you your stuff will be right out right along there with you know on amazon you know and and like big companies that would put their shit on there and it became very obvious very quickly that all that data that Amazon was able to mine essentially being like, what are people buying? What specifically uh, is like a little bit more popular than other thing. They would find that data and then they would right. make a product that, you know, I think is kind of most exemplified in Amazon basics. Like we, we've all seen an Amazon basic, you know, where it's just, sort yeah. of what you're, and uh, it's just like a product that is identical to like whatever else is being sold. But it's like, a dime, you know, cheaper, essentially. The generic brand. It's the C- it's the CVS shampoo, or the Dwayne Reed shampoo. Yeah. Next to yeah. your uh, Garnier Fructis. Yeah, when you're not when you're not really feeling about uh, good about spending twelve dollars on the the uh, dandruff tea gel from Neutrogena, you just get the you get the CVS uh, brown liquid, you know. And then put that on your hair. <laughs> What's what what uh, what I find kind of infuriating about this is that you have to look for some ways in which basically the way that they were approaching this is they're stealing these ideas, but their counter to that is exactly what Gabe said: is that uh, oh no, this is we're just introducing a generic version, and everyone does generic versions of things. But because they're not just talking about the fact that Amazon dominates forty percent of all online retail shopping, they're not just talking about the size alone as the issue. And the size is the issue. It is not the specific things of what they're doing with this generic versus regular, comp, you know, anti-competitive uh, bullshit. But like, I, I don't know. Um, what else? What else, Danny? Well, it's just mad. Like I said, it's a matter of numbers. And, you know, there's a uh, there's an argument to be made that like you know Jeff Bezos got ahead of a lot of that stuff um, by you know really paying attention to it like you know he he used to be part of this um, back even before he started Amazon he was part of a firm called D E Shaw in uh, New York because he was he was a he was like a financial guy essentially yeah and like the whole point of that firm actually was that they would find these little micro uh, changes in European and uh, United States stock markets. So if something was cheaper by literally like a penny in New York, uh, in New York, uh, than it was in Europe, they would buy a million of that or whatever, and then sell it in Europe for a little bit more. So it's these little, these little teeny micro transactions that they were able to catch on early in like the tech industry, essentially. So like that's like inf- that's like infused into Jeff Bezos's whole like brain. It's, his mindset is just sort of like, what I'm not doing anything wrong. 
I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just cutting off the top in a more efficient way than you. He doesn't, he, in his mind, he, he truly almost doesn't understand antitrust because he's like, no, I'm just being more efficient about it. Like he's a very, he's a very smart man, you know, like every, you know, he's not like, you know, a, a Trump where he's just sort of like flying by the seat of his pants. He's very smart. He just has right. no empathy for people. <laughs> and that, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the entire, and like basically American antitrust law kind of agrees these days. Mm -hmm. Like the way that antitrust law works these days is it basically says like, unless there is evidence that you are actually stealing from a competitor or you are unfairly, you know, cutting them out of, what is considered to be an objective open marketplace or, you know, some sort of collude, like open collusion with someone who's supposed to be a competitor. We're just not going to enforce antitrust laws. Because and those, those laws are all focused now since the seventies on um, consumers. As absolutely. long as it's good for the consumer, then it's mm -hmm. good for everyone. But the problem is, is that we can't define ourselves exclusively as consumers that's so reductive that it doesn't uh we're not just what we buy we are what we make we are the labor it's yeah it completely it completely ignores anything like the environment uh other businesses like or i mean if you want to get all businessy about it uh and, and capitalist about it and it's, it's specific you 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 hit the nail right on the head gabe like that's exactly what jeff bezos has specifically marketed amazon as like they i i can't remember if i mentioned it or not on the podcast but he his whole thing is since 1998 has been we strive for customer excellence or some iteration of that like he's explicitly said that he's he's had big overtones to it as well like in in like amazon board meetings what they they i'm not even joking about this they would take a empty chair and they would put it at the boardroom table and you'd have all the other board members there and that one empty chair there and that would be representing Elisha. yes exactly yeah <laughs> it would be representing the customer so yeah, it, uh, it so jeff bezos has been on top of this for two decades like he's he's way he had the real long game going and his whole thing has always been no, I'm helping the customer, essentially. What do you guys think an Amazon Basics version of Ponzi Scream would be? Uh, well, I mean, it would just have the same name, but it would just it'd be in a nice little white, um, you know, like uh, packaging with uh, some like, like shitty, some shitty font behind it. You like, know, like 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 Gabe wouldn't be Latino anymore. Like it would just be. Is that what you mean by white packaging? Like you would just no, I like, no, but I like where I like where I like where your head's at. No, Gabe is no, Gabe is uh, what what would Gabe be? Gabe is like, like an Amazon Basics version of our of our podcast. Yeah, Gabe is like Serbian now, um, and, uh, and we've uh, we've done an we've done an analytics uh, search to see where we're getting the most listeners from, and then we create a mm -hmm. composite avatar of that demographic. And yes. all, all three of us are CGI'd avatars uh, whose voices are all uh, the same voiceover actor, but uh, the pitch and tone has been modified through like a garage band like program to make us all sound different. 
Yeah, which I which by the way I do regularly. In fact, I'll probably <laughs> do it right now. I've changed my voice right now in post ed and it's gonna be cooler and different and uh it's gonna be very neat. It's gonna be can great. I, can, I request, <laughs> can I request that uh all of our avatars just the voiceover be done by Paul Rudd? He's pa just a, he's just a lovable guy. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I'm All sure right. that he's on Cameo right now, and um, Beza, Bezos can outsource him. Oh, no, I was just going to say, David Blaine re released a couple of videos recently, and one of them was one where he was doing a magic trick with Jeff Bezos. Like, he was at, like, a, a party or a gala or something like that, and he did a card trick for Jeff Bezos, and Jeff Bezos was, like, being there, like, doing his laugh, and I was just sort of like, David Blaine, you could have killed him. You were right next to him. <laughs> you, you could have stabbed him right in Why his fucking... You? Why didn't you fucking yeah. stab him in his eye? <laughs> you could have just done it right there. Of course, in a parody, in a parody sort of way. You know, I would never, I would never want to actually kill... Mm -hmm. I would never want to kill Jeff Bezos. Stab someone in the eye in a parody sort yeah. of way. Yeah, in a course. parody sort of way. I would never, I would never actually want to <laughs> kill Jeff Bezos. I would never want to throw him into an active volcano. Right, yeah. Like, uh, so... Uh, Apple also was there, and basically there was uh, people were the people were questioning the fact that their app store might be undercutting competitors, mostly by taking a thirty percent cut of the revenue from sales made through the store, but also uh, so what does that mean exactly? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that if you have an app. And by virtue of it being controlled by either Apple or the Google Play Store, and those are the only two places that it exists, that, um, friends, that's, that's fucking a monopoly <laughs> or a duopoly in this case, you know? Like right. So basically they have this 30% fee for developers to use this store, but now they're kind of talking about it. A little bit some some documents that said that they might be doing that, mm -hmm. and basically the the whole issue is just that their platform, which is supposed to be kind of this neutral platform for the app store, is not so neutral, and that uh, which is kind of running into an Amazon issue as well. So a lot of this is just kind of you are both these companies are acting as both the neutral platform, the only place where someone can go to market, right, mm -hmm. so can bring their products to market. Uh, but also they own the market and are totally price gouging it in their own favor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They completely, they completely control, they control all the means. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so, it, so it's like you, uh, the, the classic example with antitrust is that you are both umpire and pitcher at the same time. And you can, you can be one or the other, but you can't be both. Uh, so, Let's see. There is uh, some issues with uh, Google. The last one was give, allegedly giving favorable rankings to its own services in search results, uh, as well as for its effort sure. to maintain dominance over the search en engine market. So again, similar similar sort of problem. And yeah. all these guys are all the same. They're all going to eventually just mimic TikTok in the end. Yeah. Uh, to, who is who is gonna who who do you guys think is gonna actually like now that TikTok is gone from the U.S. Who's gonna make the TikTok replacement of these four companies? What do you think? 
Oh, I mean, Facebook's going to try and they're going to fail because they're owned by Mark Zuckerberg, who, I mean, his only role in life is basically just embarrassing himself in front of the Senate Judiciary or not Judiciary, <laughs> the, the the Antitrust and Commercial Administrative Law Committee. Like they're, yeah. I mean, ha- that guy must have a record. He's been in front of the fucking those fucking guys like a ton. And he just goes mm-hmm. there and then he promptly like uh, shits himself like he's on a private plane. And uh, <laughs> and everybody's just sort of like, uh, oh, well, we're not going to do anything about this, but thank you for embarrassing yourself in front of all of us. Thank you very much for doing that. <laughs> uh, Gabe, what do you think? Uh, I wonder if that's part of Zuckerberg's plan is to come off as kind of inept uh, in these public hearings to make us feel like we can mock him. You know, I feel. Yeah. I wonder if that's just a strategy of some of these guys to just be... You know, because he's got enough money to pay for a coach uh, and a PR team. And uh, I, but dude, I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I have no idea. I'm not part of the the Chinese Communist Party. All right. You're not going (laughs) to. I do think that uh, Trump, like if Trump tried to invent his own TikTok, that would be really, really funny to watch. Uh, and it would be really humiliating. Like after he gets out of office, he tries to start a new company where he just invents a new TikTok, um, and it called like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it was probably called like Trump Talk, right? You'd, you'd it'd have to have <laughs> his name in it. It'd be Trump Talk. Yeah. yeah. And and the whole thing, it, it just is constantly just trying to grift through his own stuff. I would I wouldn't actually enjoy that. I think you could get to the the having the Trump grift while also. Um, just getting him out of office. And it's him doing impressions of Sarah Cooper doing impressions of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and now we've just entered like the the fifth uh, layer of Dante's Inferno on social yeah. media. <laughs> on uh, on uh, the Ku- the Kushner brand of TikTok, whatever that is. Yeah. Point. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Point being. These people will continue to not really be prosecuted. You know, we'll see what happens with this tech stuff in the meantime. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, also, this is all led by the Democrats, so Trump wasn't doing any of this sort of shit, uh, and he wouldn't do anything with with antitrust whatsoever. But anyways, okay, so this uh, this this has been the morning, the morning zone. The, the, the morning, tornado. morning, morning, zoo, morning, scream. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that, that's all. All that's right, all. guys. All right. Good night. Thank all you. Right.